Cap and J Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I say shot. No shot. Our favorite segment of the day. We love them all, but we love shot or no shot. And originally a Danny Zetterman creation. Because I always used to say, oh, no shot. shot. And he went, that's a, a segment. Bit. That's, that's a what bit. a good We're producer doing does. Yep. Now he's director of he's content on his way to a VP title. Ram Puba. That's it. That's what he is. We are just a lint on his shoes. That's right. Uh, here is Snorling. Good morning, boys. Chessie, good to see you. I'm glad you got in safely. I know you were concerned about that yesterday. Well, when we talked. I didn't know if we were going to have to do the show remotely or not, but it turned out not so bad. You would love to do the show remotely anyway, I imagine. No, no, no. I like coming in because I don't see you guys very often, honestly. So uh, It is a pleasure to yeah. see you, truly. I'm happy to have you in today. Thanks, buddy. Uh, all right, so I want to start with Greg Olson. like Hoodie? I like everybody, but I don't get I to see, see you guys. He said, oh, good shit. to see you oh, here today. Yeah. Why don't you like Hoodie? I'm always happy to see Hoodie. I tell him that every day. The person I don't tell is you. <laughs> <laughs> go after yourself. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Waddle and Sylvia, Greg Olson on yesterday, and asked him about Cole Komet. Take a listen to this. I thought he had a really good year. Like you said, I, I saw a lot of their game like in highlights and some crossover matchups. Of course, I would always watch the Bears and watch Cole. I've gotten to know him a little bit. But I thought he had a really good year, kind of showed he can be a red zone guy, strong run after catch. He's a big physical guy. But I think when you're talking about the way they're going to have to build this offense with Justin and play to his strengths and utilize the quarterback mo- you know, movement stuff and – the tight end is at the centerpiece of that style of offense. I mean, so I'm happy for Cole. I thought he had a really good uh, year this year. I think he showed that he's a guy they can continue to build around and continue to develop in the right system with the yeah. right pieces around him and used to his strengths. I think he's shown he can be a highly effective player. Shot or no shot, Cole Komet did enough to prove he's the Bears' tight end of the future. That's a shot. Absolutely. I think he takes another step next year on a team where – they could really give a lot of attention to him because a moribund wide receiver room had nobody getting separation, especially once Mooney went down. Yeah, I thought Cole Komet had a very good year. And if you look at whether you believe in the numbers or not, the analytics say he's one of the top five blocking tight ends in the NFL. So, yeah, I thought he did enough. Oh, I, I say shot for sure. This is more on Justin Fields now than it is on Komet to me to get him the ball it's more on the offense to to work with him as a blocker, as a receiver. I mean, look what Kittle's done. Look what Kelsey's done. I mean, having these valuable tight ends that can block and, and, and catch is just incredible for your offense. I say shot as well. All right. Uh, there have been some reporting leaking out from a few NFL executives, apparently, that expect Tom Brady to make a decision to retire this offseason. Personally... I don't care what he does. doesn't matter to me. Wake me up when he makes a decision. I'm tired of the soap opera. But I do have to ask, shot or no shot, if Tom Brady retires, it would increase the Bears' negotiating strength with the number one pick. No shot. Absolutely no shot. Uh, As Albert Breer said here yesterday from Monday Morning Quarterback, SI.com, he is wildly tapped in in the NFL. He thinks that C.J. Stroud going into the draft actually hurt the Bears negotiating position because there is no clear-cut number one quarterback. And so if the price is too high, teams will go, eh, I ain't paying that. I'll just take a shot with this guy. Well, that makes logical sense because the fewer good quarterbacks in the draft, the more leverage the Bears have, right? Correct. More teams are after the Especially same guy. Especially if the guy at the top was Trevor Lawrence or Peyton Manning. That 
number one. That's the guy. Yeah, and I don't see why Tom Brady retiring impacts the Bears. Yeah, so I'm going to say no shot as well. It keeps the Raiders quarterbackless. Eh. And then you have a team that needs a quarterback maybe going into the market to look for a quarterback. I, I mean, it might be different if Brady was in his prime and you know, 10 teams were after him, whatever. I, no, I, don't, I, I say no shot. Agreed. I think any time you have a quarterback come off the market, though, and you hold the number one pick, it increases it. your negotiating ability. Yeah, no? I mean, okay, by .5, you know, a very small percent by definition, yes. But I'm going to say not really. I want to piggyback off of what Cap mentioned about Albert Breer's reporting because I'm gonna, I, I don't believe that it's true. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm totally wrong. But I'm just going to ask, shot or no shot, C.J. Stroud entering the draft actually does hurt the Bears' negotiating strength. That's a shot. After I talked to my friend from college who scouts in the league, he said, yeah, because there's no clear-cut number one. He said, you can get a nice haul if you trade the pick. But he said, if you think you're going to go, you give me DeForest, Buckner, Quentin, Nelson, three number ones, not going to happen. Yeah, I, I, again, almost by definition, that's a shot because less quarterbacks in the draft means more teams going after one guy, for example, or two guys instead of three, or one guy instead of two, which gives the Bears more leverage if they trade down. So, Agreed. yeah, almost by definition, there's a shot there. Agreed. Braxton Jones, the fifth-round rookie for the Bears on the offensive line, became the first Bear since 2018 to be named to the Pro Football Writers of America all-rookie team yesterday. Jones was about league average by most metrics in pass protection, but he really shined in pass in run blocking. Excuse me. Shot or no shot, Ryan Poles can officially add Braxton Jones as a hit for his 2022 draft. I'll jump in first. Shot. You know how I feel about him. Absolute shot and... I'd even start him at, at left tackle again and see where it goes in, in, in camp or offseason, whatever. I would start him at left tackle and then make him lose the job, so to speak. I, if you could check that off, wow, that's a huge hit for him. And right now you could check that off. I'm not saying it's a 10-year starter there, but yes, the, the, the fact of the matter is that's a shot. I'm going to have to say it's a shot as well. If you've addressed whether it's left or right yeah, tackle. even right. If you have done that, I would hope that he moves to right and I go get an elite left tackle plug-and-play guy, whoever that might be. If not, then leave him there. But you also got Brisker, you got Gordon, you got your punter. I don't know what you're going to get out of Valus Jones, Treston, Ebner. I, yeah, I thought he had a pretty darn good class. Who is that left tackle, though? This remains my question. I don't know. Are you picking Peter? Do you get multiple number ones in a trade and you get Peter Skronsky? See, if it's that, I'm okay with it. My fear is going and paying for one. Well, it depends. I mean, last year it was a Teron Armstead went to Miami. He's a really good player. When Laramie Tunsil was available, they traded for him. He's a really good player. There are left tackles at times that become available. And I just think about Braxton Jones, though. Like, this isn't a finished product. And he has proven to be a guy that, that will work hard and get better. So, remember, this was a rookie year with a bunch of rookies around him. I, I feel like he could be the guy. There you go. All right, it broke yesterday. Mike Clevenger is being investigated by Major League Baseball for domestic violence after his ex and mother of one of his children posted photos on her social media and told her story to The Athletic. His lawyers have issued a statement denying any wrongdoing by Clevenger, but this does put the White Sox in a difficult position. So my question, shot or no shot, the best thing for the White Sox is find a way to cut bait. That's a shot. There is a lot to unpack on Mike Clevenger. And 
the fact that the Sox did not know any of this, but then a week after signing him, apparently they started to hear about this, and now 50-some days later it's coming out, I have a problem with that. Yeah, there's a lot of layers, as you mentioned. Um, I mean, yeah, cutting bait with an accused domestic abuser can never be a bad thing. They are denying all allegations, so we got to let the process play out. Like, if he's found not guilty of everything, then you don't cut bait. You just don't if he's found not guilty. So it's, it's really about what the process ends up being or what the result of the process ends it, up being. If there is, let's assume that they say there's not enough to charge here or whatever the case may be. But there is something there. Right. If I was the owner, Rick, give him his money and get him out of my jersey. I do not want him on my team. Isn't period. it also like the Dodgers... Bauer, correct me if I'm wrong, was found not guilty, and the Dodgers said, we're going to eat the money and get you out anyways. $22 bucks, get out. Okay, but time out. He was found guilty by baseball, though. He was suspended for over a year, Bauer. They just reduced the sentence and, and, and reinstated him. But he was found guilty by baseball. Correct. So let's see what happens here. I understand what you're saying, Cap. And let me just say this. This wasn't something completely out of the blue with this guy's reputation. He has a shady reputation. Well, he has a his, shady reputation. His supposed best friend in baseball, Bauer, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, and, and he, the lady that accused Bauer of you know, he was mixing her and he was mixed sex, up with her. He reportedly slept with her too. Right. So this guy is not a choir boy. Right. But look, a lot of guys are not choir boys and get signed and everything is okay. Should the White Sox have signed him in the first place? That's up for debate. But they're going to be the losers in this situation because the court of public opinion is probably going to scream at the White Sox. And then baseball might come down on Clevenger, which means the Sox are down a pitcher. And even if they don't come down on Clevenger, people are still going to wonder, why would you sign a guy with a shady reputation? Yeah, I would move on. You, you, can't, you could move on today. You could. You could. Now, again, I think you got to give the guy due process. If there's due process, and it says, wow, actually, he did nothing wrong and no, none of these things are true. I don't think that's going to be the case. But again, these are allegations. There's an investigation. But as soon as I got any type of clarity, right. I would say you're out. I have no no interest in you wearing my logo. That's A. Yeah. B, I would call my GM in and ask, did you guys do any homework on this? Right. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. And because Rick may have the right answer. I got to know what that answer is. And on top of the whole thing... Baseball, I think, has a responsibility. If they were already looking into things when the White Sox signed him, you have to alert teams, hey, there's an investigation Isn't that going unbelievable? On. Now, they've negotiated that that process is confidential because if it turns out nothing happened, then you've ruined this guy's reputation. It only became public because she went public with it yesterday on Instagram. Um, but it is a shady process when yes. the agent is negotiating with Rick Hahn. The agent knows my player is under investigation. Rick Hahn doesn't. And now uh, that negotiation isn't, agent isn't fair. can't, out of attorney-client yeah. privilege, can't tell Rick by baseball rules, ethics, the whole deal. But let me ask you something. If you were the GM of the White Sox, mm-hmm. we have this longtime friendship. Yeah. I'm the GM of the Padres. I ain't bringing it back. Do you think, if we're truly friends... Now, again, I don't, Rick and AJ probably may hate each other and they may love each other. I don't know. I would call you, right. not say it on a phone, go, Jesse, I need to have a beer with you. No, for sure. But here, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Do not say Did that. AJ Preller know? 
I mean, about the investigation. You can you can know about a guy's shady background. That's, That's one true. thing. Did AJ Preller know he was under? I don't think so. I don't think anyone knew for sure, unless she went to the team and said something. I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a muddy, it's a murky mess. area. It's a mess, and the White Sox are in a lose-lose situation unless he's completely exonerated. If you haven't read the article in the Athletic, and hats off to them for doing great reporting. Well, Katie or, or, or go to his Instagram or uh, Olivia Feinstead. Go to her Instagram account. It's some nasty allegations. Nasty stuff. And the photos she posted are disturbing. I disturbing. Mean, but he's denying everything through his lawyer, so let's at well, least I don't, I, put I, that I, out there. Right. It's allegedly, of course, yeah. but... So we'll get into when that. When you see these things. We'll stick with this. Where do the White Sox go from here? It's ugly with Mike Clevenger. That's next. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. And Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Jesse's in for Hoodie. He'll be here tomorrow. He was off in the Ozarks for a night doing a basketball game. Yeah, I'll be... Uh... Good to uh, have him back because uh, I can't get up at three thirty four in the morning again. I mean, I, well, once in a while I, I do can it do every it day. I can't do it, kid. I'm going to Peoria today. I told you, I've got the war on seventy four. <laughs> Illinois State at Bradley. Get and then a cup you're of back. coffee. Get back in the car. Drive back home, and I'll be ready. To rock I told this when I morning. hosted with Hood last time you were off. I'm like, I can do this once a week, maybe. I can't get up at four thirty in the morning and do this. If you get into the routine, yeah, gets get, easier. It's amazing. Okay. I love being up early. I like doing it once in a while because I can come in, throw out a couple hot takes, and then get out. Yeah, we were down visiting my brother and sister-in-law in Florida for the weekend. And freaking 5.30 in the morning, I'm up. You're up. Everyone else is 4:30 right? <laughs> uh, Central. Right. And my wife's like, "Hun, you don't have to work That's today. Right. Like, I can't sleep. <laughs> that is tough after you've been doing it for years, right? To ch- to change that for sure. Stuff. My my routine is usually in the summer. I'm I'm in bed at one a.m. after all the games are over. I'm right. home from Wrigley or or White Sox, and then it changes in the winter. I go back to going to bed early. You know. Sidebar, may I approach? Yeah, go ahead. Brought to you by Ankin Law three one two six million for the great Howard Ankin. Sign my ball. Do you miss? Because I don't think Jed is the same way Theo is. Just to pull a curtain back for people. Mm-hmm. Do you miss coming home at one o'clock in the morning? And if you wrote something Theo didn't like, <laughs> like I've saved some of the text messages. Oh, yeah, and me he, too. he and I have a great relationship. I've got text messages. What the F? Yeah, what are no, you I don't miss it, if that's what you're asking. No. Have you ever had the phone calls with him? Oh, yeah. Where he is irate. I, I told this profane. on my, my most famous one. I told this on George Offman's podcast. My most famous interaction with Theo was the one-year anniversary of Addison Russell trade. I was writing a, a retrospective on the trade. Remember, the trade was July 4th. So fast forward a year, July 4th, I'm off because it's the holiday. I'm coaching my son in a travel tournament, July 4th tournament, literally, what no year? exaggeration. So this is 16. What's the one-year anniversary? What, they traded for him in 14. 14. So 15. Uh-huh. Yes, 15, I guess. One-year anniversary, coaching third. This is no exaggeration. My assistant coaches are there. I'm you know, doing the, the windmill, waving runners around. My phone rings. I usually wouldn't pick it up if I'm coaching, but it, Theo Epstein. 
and he's mad about something about the article about this one-year retrospective. I made Billy Bean look bad. He didn't mean that. And as I'm doing this windmill, you know, waving runners <laughs> around, he's yelling at me at third base. And eventually I'm like, you know, waving over to the assistant coach, come over, take over. And for 20 minutes I, I'm off to the side. Getting aired get, out. Getting aired out. And you're right. It wasn't personal. It was all business. He's a great guy. We get along with him. That's my most famous one. While I'm coaching third in the July 4th tournament. The best one. I have <laughs> screenshots I saved. I land from doing a basketball game. I'm literally wheels hit down at O'Hare. I'm tired. It's like 10 o'clock on Saturday night. I'm coming back from like Duquesne. <laughs> like a stream of text messages. And everyone is, what the F? What and go yap. You want to know about winning a World Series? I got three rings I'll show you. Yeah. And let's be clear. Theo's not, like, most of the time he had a point when he yelled at me. Like, he, he was probably in the right. The I be- will say that. The best one is I come out of TV. I have voicemail yeah. after voicemail after text after text. And inside in there, till they finally put, like, a booster in, you couldn't get any text messages at TV. You're in the Right, right. The I remember. I've been down there, yeah. yeah. In that cubby hole. I come out, and it's all this stuff from Theo, and then my phone starts ringing. I answer it. Where in the F did you get the, the offer to John Lester? I said, I have a good source. Oh, that was yeah, Obviously, you hit it on the number, and now the agent's furious because the agent had threatened any yeah. team. You leak the numbers, you're out. And his next response, I said, Theo, I didn't get it from anyone at your team. Nobody in my office? No, I got it from an agent who's tight with Lester's agent. And he said, if you or effing Jesse Rogers right. cost us Lester, I will crush you in this town. Because you had got We had similar specific. similar situations. He was and so what, mad at and, the two And what us. happened, I found out later, is when you reported something, I reported something, it was it was the timing of it. It was during a what they call a quiet period. Correct. The last offer was made. Lester was was thinking about it, and there were supposed to be no leaks. In the middle of that quiet period, we both you, and got I, you and I were both reporting stuff. And I got and the same phone it. call. Nailed it. Got the same phone call. But again, I, I don't want to paint Theo as some crazy. He we love us- him. He usually had a point when he, he was mad at me. He I will did. say that. Because right. I wasn't perfect, and I'm, I'm, I'm still not, as, as surprising as that is. Okay, so we're talking baseball. We go back to baseball. The White Sox... Yesterday had to issue a statement. They've been aware of this. Like, they had to know this was coming. But the Athletic blew the roof off the story that Mike Clevenger, who the Sox signed to a one-year $12 million deal, uh, is an outstanding pitcher when healthy. Mike Clevenger has a checkered past. He left the hotel during the COVID lockdown. Mm -hmm. They ended up. Getting, telling him he had to drive back to Cleveland. He and Zach Plesak. He got sent down, I think. And then right? they sent yeah. him down. Then yeah. they traded him away. He is being investigated for domestic abuse of his child's mother. mother right. And she's alleging spit tobacco juice on the baby. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some really ugly, sordid stuff. Yeah, you have to go there. to her, her Instagram account, Olivia Feinstead. Um, he's denying all of it, but he's been under investigation for quite some time. And the White Sox, the one thing that did leak yesterday, and the people I talked to, but of course they have a reason to say this, say they didn't know about the investigation when he was signed. Now you might say, well, how, how were they not told? It's a confidential process. They don't have to be told. It does not have to be disclosed. But you can also say if the Sox do their due diligence, they might be able to hear some things about his background or this investigation or something 
you know, we have to hear from Rick Hahn to, to get the truth. We don't know exactly, but there's some smoke. There was some smoke there. It's the word I kept using with Waddle and Sylvie yesterday. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And there was definitely some smoke regarding him um, and his and his background. Now, did I go on the air when, when Clevenger signed and say all this? No, because I didn't know where, where it was going. I didn't know about the investigation. It's it's one thing to say he's got a shady reputation. It's another thing to say he's under investigation, which is was confidential at the time. We didn't know. We didn't know, but... Should the White Sox have known? Hey, you're you're hooking up your you know to a shady guy? Maybe, maybe. I would love. I don't know when they knew though. I've never asked. I know they all the teams have their own security personnel, like the Bears have a director of security. And if a player is out in the community doing something he's not supposed to do, and it's not public knowledge, usually the director of security wired to the police. The Blackhawks have Brian Higgins, who's amazing and been on the job a long time. They know what's going on. Yeah, I asked an executive yesterday, not involved. But did they in, not do that when they look for free agents? I, well, drafts? that's the thing. You know, like I asked an executive yesterday. I thought, look, if you're signing a guy to a ten-year one of these deals, you investigate everything. Three hundred million with a one-year deal. It's are you? Million are, bucks, I know, though. but are you doing the same level investigating? I don't know. But then this executive said to me, "Look." He has to fit in your locker room, whether it's one year or ten years. So you need to do your due diligence, right? But again, does your due diligence lead to lead you to this? I don't know. I would hire an accomplished private investigator if I ran a team, and maybe they have one, and we don't know it. And guess what? We're thinking of signing Jamison Tyler, sure. the Chicago sure. Cubs. Okay, what, whatever the fee is for that investigative report, yeah, I want to know everything about him. Before I let him wear my logo and enhance my team's rep or hurt my team's rep, I want to know everything there is to know. What is it, like Breaking Bad? Like when the chicken man hires Mike Ehrmantraut to go and investigate (laughs) everybody in his life? Right. So, okay, so here's the thing. If the White Sox had done that, like you said, I don't know if team, if they had, they would have heard some, some negative things. Then, then now, their you, process has to be improved. But you might hear negative things and still sign a guy because not everybody's a choir boy. Well, Jesse, now but there's this, this, this another, another level, though. There's this going around now, a Facebook or Twitter post or something from somebody who was uh, supposedly his girlfriend at the time in 2019 was contacting the Indians organization, the Indians at the time, saying... Like he he threatened uh, her and their baby and threatened to kick them out of the house they had just moved into. So back in 2019, yeah. stuff had been going well, around and, I, and people were and the, turning the, an eye and to it. And that's my overarching theme here. This was not a choir boy. He had had things attached to him. Then this, this then the, the White Sox should have didn't known completely to come a out of nowhere. Right. They should have known to a degree. Only Rick Hahn and those people can answer to what degree. And when did they find out about this investigation? Agreed. Uh, let's go to the phones, 312-332-3776. What would you do with Clevenger? Paul is in Lockport. He's next. Hey, Paul, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. How are you? How are you? I'm doing well. Out for my walk with my dog in the snow. It's beautiful out here. Nice. Hey, um, I just want to tell, if I were the White Sox, I'd go to Clevenger and say, hey, we're not that Northside team. We're not the Cubs. We don't sign women beaters. Take oh, that. Stop. Stop. Come on, Take Paul. That. Paul, you're better than that. You're better than that. Yeah, come on. And look, it can happen to any team at any time. It's not just the Cubs or just the White Sox. He's talking about Araldis Chapman. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Addison Russell. <laughs> oh, that's multiple. That, because Russell, two. Russell, I mean, Chapman came to the team with something. It happened correct. with the Cubs. Now, with he Russell. had. Correct. Uh, Chapman had served his 30 day suspension. Right. 
he was not criminally charged, but they Major League Baseball said what you did was reprehensible. Right. I think he fired a gun. He fired a gun in, in a garage. garage. There was right. no one around him. Right. Right. But the his girlfriend or wife was in the house with right. the kids. And they said, not going to happen on our watch. And he got suspended. Look, there's some teams that will do not, have nothing to do with players like that. And there's other teams that are, hey, you served your time. We're going to sign. I mean, the Astros traded for the guy from Toronto. Soon, I think it was. While he was suspended, I believe. Oh, Osuna. Yeah. yeah. While he was suspended, I think they traded for him. They don't, the Astros, in fact, in, in chatter behind the scenes, we all, a lot of our us reporters think if there's one team that's going to sign Trevor Bauer, it'd be the Houston Astros. Because Jim Crane doesn't give a damn. But that would be about the only team that would do it. So every team has a different sort of take on it. You served your your time. You promised to be a good citizen. You know, and Chapman didn't certainly break anything while he was here. You know, break any rules while he was here. Um, Russell got, you know, suspended and dealt with it. And they eventually moved on. We'll see what happens with Clevenger. But it's just a bad, bad situation all around. Bad, bad situation. 312-332-3776. We'll take more of your calls on Mike Clevenger. We will get into some Bears football, the latest with Patrick Mahomes. And Scott Rowland was the lone inductee to the Hall of Fame yesterday. But do you even care anymore? Did you ever? That's where we're headed next. You're listening to Cap and Jay Hood. Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJHood. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Name what movie this song is from. Oh. I'll know it once you say it. The hangover. Yeah. Oh, so good. The great. So good. Phenomenal. 312-332-3776. We've talked basketball. We've talked about Chicago athletes and personalities of executives that you just couldn't wrap your brain around. You tried. You, you tried. Zach Can't Levine, I tried. Can't do it. We also mentioned, I did, that uh, your nemesis, John Hamm, in my opinion, got snubbed yesterday. I think John Hamm was incredible in Top Gun Maverick and deserved an Oscar nom for supporting actor. I'm sorry, that's there ridiculous. You go. Yeah, it's there ridiculous. You got to rewatch it so you're not thinking. Because I've seen it three times, role. It's a supporting role. It's one of my top movies of the year. He was so good as Jess, kind let me of ask the you foil this. to Tom Cruise. I got to ask, ask you this. What? How many of the nominated movies have you seen? Well, that everywhere all at once thing, I am out to lunch on that. Forget it. I How saw, many have you seen? I don't know, like three. Okay. So, then probably don't comment on if you should what? have been nominated for Best Actor. Because oh, you haven't seen so, the Best Actor. I saw Fablemans. I don't remember Judd Hirsch being in it. And he has been not. he was nominated. Fablemans, great movie. I don't even remember him being Who's in Judd it. Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch, the old guy. Isn't that his name? Is that the guy it's from Taxi? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah Judd Hirsch, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was in Fablemans. I don't even remember it. I'm telling you, someone back me up. John Hamm, as sort of the foil to Tom Cruise, was excellent. His facial expressions, the the way he said things, because he, like he was the bad Salah guy. Houdin. He could be a good, he it's a good movie. performance, yeah, but awesome. it was awesome. Yeah. You know who that was? Yeah. Who was good? Who, what did he play? He play, I don't know the name. Hondo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Those were, they were, there were a lot. I, I think the movie was the best of the year. I think Top Gun should win. But I'm telling you, John Hamm deserved an Oscar now. Top Gun. It's a great go to my movie. One on of my one. favorites Top of the year. Top Gun should, should win. win Best Picture. Yes, it should. should not. Yes, it should. 100%. No chance. 
100%. Are you kidding me? I saw that Banshee. Are you freaking kidding That's me? That's a great movie, oh, Banshees of Inna Sharon. Stop it. Just stop it. Right. The Fablemans is the best movie of the year for me. Oh, stop it. Top Gun was awesome. Top Gun was incredible. Come on. Incredible. But now, again, to Snorling's defense, I'm not a movie guy. I'll watch what I like. But I'm not going. I'm not that guy that's right. going to go see all the movies. Right. There's ten so, that are nominated. I'm yeah. not. I'm not either. I've, I've seen, I've seen three, maybe. I saw two. Once the baseball season ends, my wife and I'll catch up on movies. I you saw know. the Avatar. You did the new Avatar. Oh, I didn't see. That. I never oh, saw the you first went with Brett, one. Right. No, I went with my wife and really? my father-in-law to the Avatar two. Yeah. I'm shocked. My father-in-law wanted to see it, so we, I've not we took seen him. that. I have no interest in that. Yeah, I was. Too long, way too long. I have no interest. Cool in that. cinematography. The storyline sucked. But Top Gun was awesome. I saw Top Gun. The only two I saw. I Top saw Top Gun, Gun in the theater, and then I saw I it saw, twice on the plane. I saw it three times in the theater, <laughs> and then I bought it. It's on my iPad. I saw it twice on plane rides. Once to where I'm going, and then once on the way back. This past weekend, they had the movies on United where you get them. <laughs> right, right, right. I look over. My wife has seen it a billion times. <laughs> I look over. I'm like, oh, God. She's watching Top Gun. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. John Hamm was so good. He was so good. He's a jerk. <laughs> Despite being a Cardinals fan, he was and so good. And a Cardinal good. fan. And congratulations to Chip Carey, new voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I'm not shocked. I talked to Chip during the season. The Braves weren't exactly like uh, backing up the Brinks truck and saying, here's a 10-year deal. So I, I wasn't shocked that he left. There you go. Uh, three one two three three two three seven seven six. So Scott Rowland, the lone inductee to the Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday. Did you vote for him? I did vote for Scott Rowland. Jesse is a voter. My other six guys that I voted for did not get in. So, but but I'm at least glad- you voted for seven guys. Right. I, round of applause for Jesse. Yeah, I'm not one of these guys. I'm not going to vote for anyone. Uh, I think the Hall of Fame is supposed to grow every year. Cap. I think it's supposed to grow. I think if you're on the fence, you should you should fall on the side of letting them in rather than not letting them in. Um, it's it, you know what I'm saying. Like let's not be all high and mighty about this. I think it should grow every year by at least one. I voted for seven, so I think seven should have gotten in. But that's me. I did vote for Mark Burley. Now I know that he's Mark Burley's not a Hall of Famer. Look, the stat I'm going to give you makes a lot more sense today than back then. I I would admit, but. He pitched 200 or more innings in 14 straight seasons. Okay. Now today that'd be unbelievable. Back then I get it, it's not as as amazing. But I put a, I voted for him. I that was the one I voted for knowing it wouldn't matter. He's not getting in. Maybe it was a homer vote, but that was the one that was kind of like a But I voted for Sheffield. I voted for Roland. I Sheffield voted for, got 55%. Jeff Kent's the all-time leader among second basemen in home runs didn't come close to getting in. 46.5. All-time leader. Yeah. There's only nine positions on the diamond. He, he's the all-time leader. He's also affected by the jag effect. I know, and I don't People like that. People didn't like him. I don't I like never interviewed the guy. There, there, he was a jerk. There's, there's a certain portion of sports writers that, a small portion, I think, that use that stuff against players, and I think it's wrong. Agreed. I think it's wrong. Kent uh, was kind of a tool, but I voted for him. Todd Helton came close. He'll get in. I voted for him. Uh, Billy Wagner came close. I voted for I him. I think he'll eventually get in. You know, so I voted for a lot of the guys that, that were close other than Burley. But Sheffield and Beltran. How did Andre I'm, Ethier not get in? Yeah. <laughs> he Belt, get a vote. Beltran I voted for. He's just under 50%. But it was his first year. And I'm adamant about that. I heard Carmen mention this in Crosstalk. I don't know your feeling, but I am not penalizing a guy's entire career because in his final season 
with a team, he banged on some trash cans. I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying the Astros maybe should have been penalized more. But I am not throwing away my ballot for Beltran because he banged on some trash cans. Please, Cap. Jesse, it's more than banging on a trash can. No, it's not. No, it's yes, not. it is. No, it's it not. It is undermining the integrity of the game. You cheated your way to win a World Series. You don't think these guys, hey, man, they know what pitch is coming. That's not an advance. So every Astro cannot make the Hall of Fame from that can team. I, also, I didn't say can that. Can I raise well, what a do you question? Mean? He orchestrated it. He was one of them that orchestrated it. Big do you, deal. Do you think the Astros are the first team to cheat their way to a World Series? No, I mean, stealing signs from second base is cheating in, its, in, in a way. It's it's legal, I guess, but it's cheating. They're, they're the first team to get caught. If we're really honest with ourselves, it's like the guys who can't get in because of steroids. Yeah, they but, were the first guys to get caught. Yeah, the Astros were the first team to get caught. It, they're not the first guys to cheat. I, but I don't they're even, not the first team to say, cheat. You're agreeing with? I don't even agree with that logic, though. If, if you're if you steal, if you and your friends steal, and you're the only one to get caught, too bad. You got caught. You're still going to have to pay the price. You know, so the fact that they got caught and someone else didn't isn't swaying me. But he banged on some trash cans, Cap. Come on, come on. He wasn't. He wasn't he, in center in the center he field. Orchestrated in elect. I'm reading what they even. He's admitting to this now. Electronic methods to steal signs so that they had a distinct okay. advantage. Okay, electronic methods isn't a guy in the center field scoreboard relaying stuff. They had a monitor. Near the dugout. Every team can have a monitor near the dugout at the time. That's not a big deal. And then they banged on some trash cans. Come on. I agree. Take the title away. But I'm not saying no to voting for him for the Hall of Fame because of it. I heard Costas and these guys yesterday. Get off your high horse. Come on. Steroids I didn't, is a, I didn't hear them. Steroids is and, a, uh, uh, Verducci and all Verducci. those guys. Steroids is a different issue. You could be taking steroids for the entirety of your career and build up your uh, Hall of Fame uh, numbers because of it. This guy didn't build up his numbers as a 40-year-old because he banged on some trash cans. His resume wasn't made because of it. It's ridiculous. I understand your point on the Hall of Fame part of it. I'm talking about as a team. The Astros should have had their trophy taken away. But the guy who is the commissioner of the sport, who I'm not a fan of... right. It's just a piece of metal. Right. That's what he said. It's not. And I pretty much agree with your point there. Take the medal away. I mean, t- take the uh, championship away. But that has nothing to do with me voting for Beltran or not voting for Beltran. And Mark Burley, super good guy. I've interviewed him a number of times. Mark Burley I got gave him a homer vote. 10% of the vote. Mark Burley is not getting in the Hall of Fame. There's people that voted for uh, John Lackey got a vote. So there's there's straggling. John Lackey falls off the ballot. He got one vote. For people that don't know, that don't know, you can vote for up to ten. So look, sometimes you give a vote here and there for some stupid reason. You know he's not getting in. Burley, I like the 14 straight years, 200 innings because it's something that we'll never see again. I gave him a vote, but the serious candidates are the ones you've mentioned, uh, and I voted for a lot of them: Sheffield, Hel- uh, Helton. Um, uh, Wagner, I voted for all those guys that were that were kind of close. All right, three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're going to get into football at nine o'clock and talk about Chicago athletes uh, that you just can't wrap your brain around. We're talking Hall of Fame coming up. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN One Thousand Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports.
ESPN Chicago. Rolling on, Captain Jay Hood, but he's off today. He was traveling back, got back at like three in the morning from doing a game at Missouri State. UIC lost, I think, seventy three sixty nine. Did you see what probably? happened to DePaul, Georgetown? Georgetown snapped its, I think, twenty nine game Big East losing streak, beating DePaul. Yeah, after DePaul just beat Xavier, a top ten team. Oh my what god, what is going on there? Yeah. And I'm such a DePaul the fact fan. That George, I grew up on The them. fact that, well, you, both of us, the fact that Georgetown had lost 29 straight Big East games is amazing because we also grew up when Georgetown was awesome. Um, so, yeah, in L- Illinois, though, nice win over Ohio State. Yep. That uh, was nice. 69 60, I believe. Something like that. Um, they've been up and down, though. I can't figure that team out, Illinois. They have their moments. You know where... more about it than I do. I don't. And then the other night, two nights ago, Northwestern beat Wisconsin. Northwestern's been pretty good. I think Chris has got a team's going to the tournament. I hope so, because they've had some lean years since making it the last time. Correct. When they made it the last time, I bought season tickets the next year. <laughs> just, that was the year they were at Rosemont. Right. It was awful. Oh, because like they 2, were fans. redoing the arena. Yeah, and so that it, there were, you know, nobody showing up at Rosemont. It was empty, and they followed it up with a couple bad years. Uh, let's go to Taylor and Hyde Park as we continue our discussion about the hall the uh hall of fame voting jesse yeah. participated in yesterday hey taylor what's going on buddy hey what's up what's up what's up what's up with man you? what a good what a good frosty morning what's going on very frosty <laughs> look man i'm just disappointed in jesse for minimizing this whole trash can thing uh, these the Houston Asterix, as I call them from here on out, um, they literally have won everything they have because they cheated. And when you have a system like that, a intricate system that has what you call it trash cans, but it's still you know stealing signs and stealing pitches and swinging that certain stuff. That right there is the definition of a cheater. Period. And so when you do that, you minimize the game because. They took away contracts from guys. They took away wins from certain teams. The pennant. I mean, that is that is the definition of literally cheating. Now, if everybody's doing it, we're kind of all on this level playing field. But that's the problem with baseball when you're talking about this whole trash can thing. They stole that. They literally stole a championship, and baseball did nothing about it. So, okay. no, none of those guys in my book, I don't care how good Jose Abreu is, I don't care how good Beltron is. I don't care how good Corey Springer, uh, Dustin Tucker, whoever. I do not care. Those guys should not be allowed into the Hall of Fame, period. They cheated for a championship. They cheated for money. They cheated for wins. You can't have it. They disrespected every other person in the sport, Taylor. Respect. What about the Red Sox, though? They did it, too. I went to that World Series where the, where the Nationals beat them. I went to Game 3. They lost every single home game. The Nationals still came out better than them. To me, that championship means way more than, than, than any championship, I think, because, again, you are going against the odds. So, okay, again, to wrap up, Taylor, Taylor to, to sum this up, we agree on the championship. It's tainted. Maybe you could take it away. But you're saying because of Maybe. that one year – as a 40-year-old in his final season, he's disqualified from the Hall of Fame because of what he did. That's what you're telling me. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, go ahead and vote. Not, in. Go, go find me the uh, choir boys and not, vote them in. 
Are you not watching? <laughs> right, but no, yes. Jesse, you just made the right point. The Red Sox <laughs> yeah. did this. The Red Sox were investigated and found guilty Taylor, thanks, of using man. electronic signals and sending them from an athletic trainer into the dugout and stealing signs. The Yankees were investigated. Yes, like, yes, everybody yes. brings up the Patriots and Spygate. Guess what? They weren't the only team doing it. They were the only one dumb enough to keep doing it after the NFL issued a memo that said, stop. And people- if you don't think all of these teams are cheating, you're burying your head in the sand. And, and- like, honestly, wake up. Okay, Everybody's so- doing this. Let so them in. Everyone's doing it, so let's just accept it. No, everybody's doing it. It's part of the history of the sport. This idea that uh, that Hall of Fame voters are going to submit blank ballots, give your ballot away. I, you don't care about the history geez. and the sanctity of the sport. No, actually, you just want to polish do. yourself you off. You just want to continually make excuses. Well, everyone was cheating, so I'll put him in anyway. Oh, I'm just saying guys. it's part of the sport. Man. Like Barry Bonds, I don't care if he took steroids. He's the greatest player in the history of the sport. If you don't want to put him in, you're just polishing yourself off. You just want to make yourself feel more validated. No, actually like these not. empty ballots, no. ridiculous. Shay, there's a little bit more nuance to it. What about all the guys like Frank Thomas that were clean while they were the other guy? Forget about Frank Thomas. How about all the guys that don't make the Hall of Fame that were clean while Bonds was cheating and, and Clemens was cheating? How about that? You just mentioned contracts and money and all that. The guys that were clean were were uh, lost out on all that stuff and maybe the chance at the Hall of Fame because they were uh, playing with uh, with an un, unlevel playing field. Playing the right way. Playing the right way. So it's more new. That's what I'm saying. The steroid argument is much more nuanced. I'm sorry. Banging on some trash cans one year of your career as a 40-year-old, it didn't affect your numbers. It didn't impact your war. You're on base. Give me a break. I agree. I'm voting that, him in. The, the whole point I'm making is we don't know who wasn't cheating. We don't know who was I cheating. I get it. I get that. I get we, it. Like, we the, know Barry Bonds cheated. We know that. We know he took steroids. We, uh, that's fine. Well, we, we know, know that. he cheated. He pled guilty or whatever. He never had a positive test. He said he did it. I get it. Have you seen the picture of him from a week ago? Cap, I get it. But He's I'm te- lost 70 Cap. pounds. At least with Manny and A-Rod, I didn't vote for them because they that's actually fine. failed Like tests. If that's your thing, whatever. The empty ballot thing is ridiculous to me. The other thing is, David Ortiz gets in. He had a positive test. Barry Bonds never did. I don't did. disagree with that one. I mean, Mike Piazza. I don't there's disagree no doubt in anybody's you're, you're mind. You're right on the yeah. David Ortiz. Well, thing. Mike Piazza too, even though he didn't have a positive. I mean, it's it. The whole thing's the whole steroid era is ridiculous because it's it's hard. Like, do you come down on them or do you say that they should all be in? I don't know. I don't know. But I kicked the can down the the road a little bit with A Rod and Manny because at least they failed tests. So I have something to back myself up on. Beltran, I'm adamant about. That's ridiculous. Pete Rose should be in, too. Yeah, that's a whole other story. I agree with that. Pete Rose should give out a same-game parlay at his Hall of Fame induction. (laughs) Pete Rose should be in. Now, again, he finally, after lying year after year, I never bet on baseball. Never bet. Okay, I finally did. So you're telling me when you walk into a major league dugout or a clubhouse, there is a sign in every one. Yeah. Rule number one, you may not bet on baseball. You will be banned for life if you do it. He did it, and you want to just go, eh. But banned for, banned for life and getting into the Hall of Fame are actually two different things. Him betting on games. It's two different things. You're voting for the Hall of Fame as a player. He also never admitted to betting as a player. There was no proof of that. It was only as a manager. Right. So there's a lot of layers to this. I'd vote him in because... As a player, he was a Hall of Fame player. Uh, once it's he, not a once choir. he finally admitted it, I said, "It's the greatest hitter of all time." He's admitted it. Could I move past it? I remember having this discussion with Waddle, who that's his favorite player, 
And I went, my dad's favorite player, too. I guess I could get past it now that he's finally admitted it. I was always, you got to admit what you did. The sure. Dowd report didn't lie. You can find it on the internet. No, he was, it was obvious he did. And then he finally said, yeah, I did. So I just think we have to separate. Like it, we have but to the separate. ones that are obstinate, I never did it, and you know they did? I have a problem with that. Well, then, wait a minute. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy's never said he did it, and you, you have a problem with them not welcoming him back. We're, Different than going in the Hall of Fame. I know. I agree. If he I, wants a job, I, I, I he plays by their rules. I think it's one of the most ridiculous things in, in, in Chicago recent memory, the fact that he can't go up on a stage and wave to fans at a convention, walk off, Agreed. fly back to Miami. I, like I can't, It's so ridiculous. Agreed. Uh, 312-332-3776. What should the Bears do with the top pick? We'll hear what Mel Kuyper just had to say about the Bears and the number one pick. You want to hear it? And we'll talk with you in two minutes.